I'm so excited for this episode today. I'm having a guest come on the podcast and I'm health coaching her live. And she shares about her struggles with sugar craving, sugar addiction, and just that cycle of dieting that hasn't led her to feel good about herself. And what I love about this episode, and you'll see as it goes on, is that she quickly realizes some things she haven't thought of about her sugar cravings. And I think this is where coaching is so powerful because so often people are stuck in a cycle of sugar cravings or they're stuck in a cycle of overeating, but they can't really see what's going on. We're trying to do these topical band-aid things to fix it and it doesn't work. And this is really the power of health coaching. I encourage you that if you're feeling stuck in your health or keep coming back to the same thing over and over again, then set up a free call with me. There's going to be a link down below and you can get a taste of what health coaching is like for you and what you may be missing that is actually going to start to move you forward and leave you feeling good about yourself without the guilt or shame. Hi friends, and welcome to the Healthy Beyond 40 show. I'm Michelle, Mama Four, a military wife. I have my doctorate in physical therapy and I'm an online personal trainer, health coach, and yoga teacher. Do you wish that you had more energy and could get into shape? Do you feel like you're struggling to lose weight? Maybe you've tried a diet before, but it just wasn't sustainable, and now you don't know how to get started. We're gonna look at health holistically here, and most importantly, keep things simple and quick. If you're ready to develop healthier habits, exercise consistently, and lose weight sustainably without long workouts or following strict diets, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, I bring together my expertise with real life strategies. No magic pill here, so lace up those shoes and get moving. Hello, Soda, and welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to have you here today. So first, tell us a little bit about you, what your life looks like, maybe how old you are, just paint a picture for people. Hi, thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah, so I'm Soda. I am a stay-at-home mom of an adorable three-year-old who is very energetic. We just moved across the country, so she's going through a lot of change right now. So my my day usually starts at around 4.30 when she wakes up because she's used to Eastern time and just, you know, playing with her all day. Um, and then I, I have my own personal projects that I do, but I'm still at this weird transition time in my life. So I'm kind of feeling a little overwhelmed. Yeah, going into motherhood is a huge transition. And as our kids get older, things always are shifting and changing. So tell us a little specifically about what struggles you're experiencing in your health, or maybe what you want your goals to be. Yeah, so I have always had a huge, huge sugar addiction. It's, (laughs) it's pretty bad. But my body just doesn't do well with sugar. And I've been really, really trying to cut that out because I do feel a lot of inflammation. I feel sluggish. And so I'm trying to be much healthier with my eating, but it also has been hard because my three-year-old, she eats a lot of foods that I don't do well with. And I try to get her to eat more of my foods. I'm right now I'm on a keto diet. So 
a lot of basically animal products and she doesn't eat a lot of those. She actually doesn't eat a lot. So I'm just giving her whatever she will eat at this point. But then I end up eating a lot of her food and then I feel sluggish and then I don't have as much energy to exercise. So it's it's kind of this vicious cycle. So I've been feeling a little discouraged because I want to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight and it's it's been struggling. I've, I've, I did lose 30 pounds actually last year around this time doing keto. So I was hoping to do another round to get the the next 30 pounds, but it hasn't been going as well this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So you know that you have a sugar addiction and you've also noticed that your body isn't doing well with it. You named the inflammation, the sluggishness, not feeling like you have enough energy. Mm-hmm. And so those times when you are reaching for sugar, what's going on typically? What do I think? I guess I feel stressed. I tend to do it when I feel stressed or overwhelmed and I want something to distract me from that. Yeah. So I think that's that's definitely a part of it that I didn't really think much about before. Yeah. Can you think of a situation the past week or two when you were feeling stressed or overwhelmed and you were reaching for sugar? Yeah. Like just yesterday I was with my daughter and she was just throwing her food everywhere and wasting food and smushing at places. And she has this thing where she hides food in crevices and I don't want bugs to come. And I was just feeling really frustrated and I was cleaning it. And then I just was in the kitchen cleaning and then I ended up just reaching for a snack. <laughs> it was it was like these little gluten-free cookies. I just it was just like automatic reaction without even thinking. And then afterwards I was just like, oh, I can't believe I did it again. <laughs> yeah, that's totally common. So once you grabbed the little cookie snacks and you ate those, how did you feel after that? I felt almost a little high at first, like, okay, I feel better. But then there was like a the crash after and I felt the guilt. I felt like a headache coming on. And then it was just like, oh, I can't believe I did this again. I need to stop doing this because it happens every time. And so, yeah, kind of frustration in that way. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing just from us talking is one, you said this was something you never thought about before. But it's a cycle that keeps going on. It's a habit in your brain. And it's really common when we are stressed or overwhelmed or maybe feeling anxious that we're looking for some comfort. So it sounds like what you've typically been doing is reaching for that food because just like you said, you get that little high, you get a dopamine rush, you get some feel-good hormones going, and it temporarily Mm -hmm. does feel good. And then, like you said, it doesn't last. But this is what your habit has been. So our brain develops a strong pathway and that is what we tend to do. So you've just been continuing to react out of this. So one thing that is super simple, sort of, that I like to have people start with is just taking a pause because like you said, it was like there's no space between I'm feeling the stress and overwhelm and I'm in the cabinet grabbing these cookies and I don't even know what I'm doing. So being able to start to create a pause of it can be anywhere from one to five minutes to sort of take a breath, walk away, 
just create some space between this strong emotion and reacting to that emotion because sometimes it will pass, sometimes mm-hmm. it won't. And then as time goes on and you know, if I was continuing to work with someone, we'd work on different tools, but first just creating this space between feeling that emotion and taking action on it. That's going to allow you to rethink and start to sort of break this habit that you have in your brain. Yeah, because you know what? I never thought of it in that way of being kind of like a shopping addiction. I used to just buy a lot of things on Amazon just in the moment. I have really bad ADHD and kind of impulsive. So I started implementing that with buying things just on Amazon. And I never thought of implementing that with my food. So that's actually a really, really good idea that I definitely will yeah. will start implementing. And did it help with your shopping? Absolutely. Yeah. I I still do get stuff, but what I've been doing is I put it in a list, like yeah. a shopping list of things that I want to get, but I will review them with my husband if I really need them. And usually I don't. So maybe I could make some sort of list of foods that I want to eat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It starts to become intentional. And I know on the form you filled out, you also mentioned balancing avoiding foods that don't make your body feel good without being obsessed. And I think this is where also developing some intention. So holiday season is coming up. So let's say you're having a party and you really love eating your grandma's pie or whatever. So maybe allowing yourself to do that. But what am I not going to grab because I'm going to get that? Like what matters to me more? So developing a little bit of tension around the choices that you're making during the week can help sort of break that up because food and sugar is just like all around us, especially for the holidays. So we have to really start to decide what do we really want? And also like you noticing that not only are these not good for me, but it's actually making me feel really bad. And I don't want to feel that way anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. With Halloween, Thanksgiving, all of those things, I those are definitely triggers for me seeing everything. And I'm like, oh, my daughter doesn't like that kind of candy. I'm going to eat it. And this feeling of having it go to waste if I don't eat it. So yeah. that, you know, but I'm like, all the food doesn't have to be eaten. It was, you know, free from trick-or-treating. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Or, you know, some places take candy, schools will, sometimes dentist office will. So sometimes finding a space to give it away yeah. can feel better too. And sometimes we do have to just throw things away too. Even though it doesn't feel good for most of us, <laughs> that feeling will go away pretty quickly. We'll actually like feel like a relief that it's not tempting us anymore too. Yeah. And I also, because I used to ha- actually have a fear of food, like I was scared everything was going to make me sick. So I, don't, I only ate like the same three things like every day. So I'm trying to still understand that I, I want to be a healthy eater, but not obsessed so much that I'm constantly in panic about it because then I get in stress and then I end up not being able to lose weight because I'm so stressed out about it. Yeah. And when you experience a lot of stress like that or just normal stress, that's going to spike our blood sugar. So even without eating sugar, we can get a blood sugar spike from our stress levels because our cortisol Uh rises and all that rises. 
So stress is not good for us either. So we don't want to be stressed about eating healthy. We want to take those small steps forward. And I think it also, and you already had this feedback about foods that make you feel better and not. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily about becoming stringent and following a certain way of eating. Mm -hmm. It's more listening to your body and like, these foods make me feel better. These don't. I just want to take a little break here. One super easy thing for you to do for your health is to take some supplements that are actually going to impact your health and improve your health from a cellular level. One of my supplements that I take every day is my daily omega-3 supplement. And this is because I actually tested my levels at home and they were so, so, so low. And really 97% of people worldwide are low in omega-3. And this affects us at a cellular level. So things like our brain, our mood, the way we think, dry eyes, dry skin, our vessels, our gut, all go back to making sure that we're having enough omega-3s. And I love this supplement because one, you can buy a kit where you can test your levels so that you know. You test it, you supplement, and you retest again to make sure that your body is absorbing it. And the supplement I use has had added polyphenols so that we get better absorption and no fishy burps, fishy taste, which comes from oxidation. So check out the link down below on how to get started with that. The other supplement I'm loving is my Organifi. I like to have the Organifi green in the morning, and this gives me a natural dose of energy. It has adaptogen herbs in it. My favorite one is ashwagandha, and this helps our body to adapt to stress. So we're getting lots of micronutrients and helping with our stress. I also love the Organifi Gold. Right now they have pumpkin pie spice. I like to have it with some almond milk or coconut milk, and it's really a yummy drink. It also has lemon bulb in it, which is a great calming, relaxing herb, and also turmeric. So if you guys want to check it out, there's a link down below and use the code HEALTHY20 to save 20% off today. All right, let's head back to the episode. And I know you also mentioned you're doing keto. And I know you said in the previous year that helped you before. Is keto something you can maintain or do you go on and off of it? And what sort of happens with that? Yeah, so last time, so I was 60 pounds over my my pre-pregnancy weight. And I, I did lose 30 pounds for doing keto for about four months. And it definitely helped, but I wasn't able to keep it up. So then I just kind of switched to a low carb, low sugar diet that was more moderate. And then I stayed the same. I didn't lose any weight at all. I didn't gain any. And my exercise was the same throughout the, the whole thing. And before keto, no matter how much I exercised, I couldn't lose any any weight at all. Then I, I cut the carbs out and it dropped, but I couldn't stay consistent with it. So I was hoping that I could do something like that again, but it's been a, a couple of weeks and I haven't really noticed the same difference that I noticed last time. So I'm, I don't know, I've been feeling a little discouraged. Yeah. And so how is the rest of your diet? Like how much non-starchy vegetables? So that means vegetables that don't include potato or corn, like how much nutrients are you eating? I eat a lot of eggs and meat and cheese. But as far as vegetables, I've been trying to avoid too many. I have spinach and I have carrots. I, I like to eat salads 
get these little pre-made salads um, with spinach in them. But I try not to eat too many vegetables because they, apparently they're not great for ketos. And so I don't know, I've been trying to figure how many vegetables I should have a day. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not here to tell you what to do or, you know, what diet to follow. But some things to think about is one, if you can't maintain keto, then you have to think about, is this really something I can follow or can I do it and sort of stay low carb? But also, especially for women, we want to make sure we're getting enough of these micronutrients because sometimes Mm -hmm. keto can affect men and women differently. So it's worth doing like trials. So anytime you're trying something nutrition-wise, do a trial of it. Notice how you're feeling. Notice if it's making a difference in your body, especially if you're experiencing any symptoms of anything. But so with keto, I mean, that's more the the non-starchy vegetables that you're going to be able to eat. So the starchy vegetables like potatoes, corn, sometimes my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I even as I consider those more of like a carb or a starch versus like a vegetable. Yeah. But that's why I say non-starchy vegetable, because we want to be getting lots of vegetables and even fruits. Um, so like berries mm-hmm. tend to be lower glycemic index. So those can be something good because you might also be missing like a good amount of fiber in your diet. When you are eating mostly like meat, eggs, and cheese. And what happens is the fiber feeds the bacteria in your gut. It feeds Mm -hmm. the good bacteria. And that's what we want. And a lot of our health is in our gut. And our gut affects our brain and all these different things. And our hormones, they all cycle together. So that may be something that you want to look at is how much fiber am I getting? And if I eat more fiber, does that make a difference? And I've seen that make a difference with a lot of people, a client I'm currently working with, you know, she was having constipation and we have just been upping her fiber. And really within a couple of weeks, she noticed a difference and she's not as constipated and it's just from upping her fiber, but she hasn't had doctors or anyone else walk her through that process. So that can really make a big difference instead of being, especially if you've had a bad relationship with food and food restrictions, like maybe mm-hmm. following a strict diet may not be a good mental place for you. Yeah. But instead focusing more on like, what makes my body feel better? Well, it feels better when I don't eat sugar, like you're noting some of those things. And then mm-hmm. eating more of those things that do what happens if I actually up my non starchy vegetables, maybe add in some berries, and different fruits and things like that? How does my body feel? Yeah, because I'm definitely feeling really, really like constipated and backed up since this. And I think that's part of why, because I'm not taking any supplements or anything because I don't do well with supplements. So I'm trying to, I'm like, I I need the fiber and stuff, but I'm not sure what foods to eat that are okay with this. I did just buy a thing of blueberries. So we'll see how, how that goes. Yeah. So you're seeing that negative side effect most likely it sounds like from not getting enough fiber raspberries are another good one that has a good amount of fiber in it and so all those berries are typically lower on the glycemic index so they will have less sugar i am not sure if they're keto friendly or how much to be keto friendly but maybe that's something you decide my body actually does better when i have more fiber and i'm not totally keto Um, Because I know some different doctors that recommend keto or that's their diet 
one of them and she calls it keto green and so she's saying women can be keto some women need a little bit more carbs but they need the greens they need lots of these vegetables and micronutrients to actually make their hormones and everything work better and they need that fiber so that could be something to look into because a lot of times it's missing and we just talk about keto in general and it's it's very different for women and men but the information out there is just like one thing if that makes sense yeah, I tend to be very, very extreme with things. And my husband's always trying to get me to be more moderate. So that's definitely something that I think I could benefit from. Yeah, yeah. So definitely take some time after this call and just reflect and think like, what do you really want to try? Now, I normally tell everybody to do the least restrictive thing first, because that's what you're going to stick to. So following a certain diet is pretty restrictive. You're going to cut out a lot of foods. It's going to be hard to maintain. So what's the least restrictive thing that I can do right now? So maybe that is doing a lower carb. Maybe that's just cutting out sugar. Maybe that's adding in fiber and really finding one thing that you can start to work on. And as we're talking, what's coming to your mind? Would you rather still stick with keto right now? Or would you rather sort of pick one or two things to work on? You know, I'm like, the more I'm talking with you, the more I'm leaning to kind of not being so strict, because I'm just thinking of all the stress it's been causing me. And just constantly thinking of, oh, I wish I could have this right now. I wish I could have that. So I'm leaning more and more towards just kind of going back to the low carb diet. I wasn't losing as much late weight when I was doing that, but I I don't know, maybe I was missing something, but I was also less stressed. I think I wasn't having enough fiber. I think that was a big part of it too. Yeah. And so if you decide to take this approach of, you know, being less strict and avoiding the stress, which is like huge just for like our mental health, but it also affects the hormones and things inside of our body. It's mm-hmm. just like you said, maybe that fiber. So what I have some people do, and you could try this too, is just writing down how much fiber you're getting today. So you can do this on a piece of paper. You don't have to use my fitness pal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You can, but count your fiber. And cause that's going to teach you how much fiber is in certain foods. And then you're going to notice that pattern. Like, man, when I ate those raspberries and avocado, I got pretty close. And you want to slowly up your fiber. If you do a big jump in fiber, you might notice a little GI discomfort. So Mm -hmm. bump it up. So sort of notice what you're doing. Add a little bit more. The recommended amount for women is 25 grams a day. But you can really go beyond that. Inside my Nutrition Essentials course, I have a module on fiber and I tracked my own fiber and I was like, I think it was like 35 or 40 grams. I mean, I had a good amount of fiber and that's, Probably, I mean, there's a range on days, I'm sure, but I get a good amount of fiber every day and that can make a big difference in how full you feel too. And it affects that gut health and hormones and all those different things. So that could be a really good starting point yeah. for you. Yeah, that that's a really good point. I didn't even think about why I might be feeling so sluggish despite being on keto. So I think I definitely need some more of that. Yeah, so that sounds like a perfect first step for you. So how does that sound? Are there any other changes? 
I think that's the biggest one, honestly. I think that's what's really been holding me back because I've always had a lot of digestion IBS issues and I didn't think much about how that could be affecting my weight. So I definitely want to look at that for my next step. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And the other one is water. Do you know if you drink enough water? Mm, I'm I'm a little short. I've been I've been counting it. And it's more like with exercise, it's the eight. But I know that's like the bare minimum without exercise. So I do need to drink more cups of water a day. <laughs> yeah, because that can help gut health and energy and those things too. It's a pretty simple thing. I mean, it takes a while to figure out how to get that habit in there, but that can make a big yeah. difference too. And typically they say like half your body weight in ounces is a good starting point. Yeah. So if you're 150 pounds, that'd be 75 ounces of water. But again, yeah. adjust it up or down as your body needs it. Yeah. I That's another really good reminder that I need to get better at. My husband always is reminding me and I just need to get better with it. <laughs> yes. And you just have to pick an amount, sort of hit that goal and then figure out like, do I need to bring my water with me? Do I need to drink a lot of water in the morning? Sort of figuring out some little habits or tricks that helps you to actually do that. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I know that you have a podcast releasing in November. I would love it if you shared it with my audience. Yeah, so I've been doing kind of a trial podcast over on my YouTube, Sodacon Art, and the podcast is called The Success Palette, and it's basically for anyone who is a creative or wants to be creative and they're feeling stuck. Maybe it's because they have an emotional block or they don't know how to do the business side or, you know, some of the episodes will be talking about physical blocks like not drinking enough water. So I'm really excited for the official podcast to come out on November 17th. Perfect. I'll have that link in the description. And thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good one. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode today and took something away. I encourage you to check out my Facebook group, Healthy Beyond 40. There's going to be a link down below. And this is just a really great supportive community. A lot of us are not surrounded enough by like-minded, healthy people. So this is your place. You can post in the group. You can ask questions. You can hold yourself accountable. So check out the link down below and head to the Healthy Beyond 40 Facebook group.